All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 250. Robert Sarver is out of Phoenix for a year and fined $10 million. Was the NBA's punishment harsh enough? Steph is about to become the billion-dollar baby. We're going to give you our takes for MVP, most improved player. Who's the scariest team in the NBA? And, of course, we got our spicy takes. You're not going to want to miss this. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew? Kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 250. It's a milestone episode, Drew. 250. We're a quarter of the way to. Uh, a thousand where that, <laughs> yeah, we're we're a quarter away we're halfway to 500 we're almost there yeah uh, it's, it's actually surprising we're at actually it's not surprising that we're at 250 um we got 10 days away from the opening of training camp we got 16 days away from our first preseason game which will the clippers will be a part of playing up in uh seattle actually and i can't pronounce the name that we're playing the team we're playing uh makabi ra'anana Versus the Clippers. Do you know who that is, Drew? Because I have no idea. So that sounds like an Israeli team because mm-hmm. the, the bigger team out of there is Maccabi Haifa, I believe, or something like that. Uh, shout out to Zach Evans, uh, my teammate at high school, played, played pro for them a couple years. That's the only reason I know that team exists. And they actually have a decent soccer team that sometimes pops into Champions League. Uh, but I think that based on that first word, my, my best guess would be that that's an Israeli-based organization leave it up to drew with the soccer plug there i i appreciate that i i had no idea who this team is i think the cool thing is we're playing up in in seattle seattle's going to be able to see a game uh yeah. but yeah this is right around the corner we got 10 days away from training camp 16 from preseason we're a month away almost a little over a month away from the start of the nba season i am recording this podcast today Wearing shades, though, Drew. This is the first episode where I'm wearing sunglasses. Yeah, you got your Stevie Wonder going. I do got my Wonder going on, and it's because the sunlight. I have Obviously, I have some rare eye disease that no doctor in Southern Orange County can seem to figure out because it's been in both of my eyes over the past month and a half. And so I finally had to go back to the urgent care this morning. Couldn't see my normal doctor, Dr. Gonzalez, who I like a lot. And uh, (laughs) – the, the urgent care doctor just really, he, he even says to me, Drew, he's like, what do you think is going on? And I said, I'm like, doctor, I think my future's too bright. I keep blinding myself in both eyes. I don't know. That's why I'm here in urgent care. What okay? do you think? That's, you, a great, the that's like the worst question that a doctor could ever pose to a patient. What do you think is what, going wrong? Yeah. What do you think is going on, Mr. Rice? I don't know, doc. Okay. Give me <laughs> let's something. get on. Let's get on WebMD together, yeah. doc. Let's, what let's the hell? Google this. Why don't we figure this out? Let's, let's um, see what these symptoms come up with. I need somebody to, I've been to eye doctors. I've been to urgent care. I've been, my, nobody can figure out what's going on with my eyes, but let me tell you, it's pretty messed up and having to wear shades. Uh, on a podcast when you're trying to read notes for this podcast makes it extremely difficult the good news <laughs> is though drew i have lost eight pounds since oh. august 18th when i stopped drinking alcohol the day last time i went to go see my doctor and we had i a don't discussion. think i don't know if there's a correlation there clips i, I don't know i don't know it's a hundred percent it's 100 percent. you're telling me that drinking less mm-hmm. helps you lose weight <laughs> 100 no way Oh, oh, I'm telling you, Merle, all those those vodka calories. I don't 
I can't say that too loud for my wife to hear. I can't let her hear that. Well, it's actually, I've been sleeping really good. I'm not planning to do this forever. I've just really, really dialed back. I don't know what it's going to look like when the NBA season starts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to figure something out. But anyways, eight pounds in less than a month just by cutting out the vodka, which is amazing. That's amazing. Congrats, I thought so too. So this episode is going to be fun, Drew. This is one of our last episodes before like the season starts and we can actually start talking about teams and training camp and preseason like we had just brought up. Uh, but there's a lot of things we want to cover today. We're going to take a trip around the NBA and then Drew and I are going to do our spicy takes for the season. And I have one habanero pepper for our <laughs> listeners today that might piss some people off, but whatever. It is what it is. It's a spicy take. I right? was going to say, I think that's the nature of, of hot takes, of spicy takes, is that they're 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 in, spicy. Yeah, within themselves, they must offend at least one person. One person should be offended. You might be offended by it, Drew. You might. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, I, I intend not to offend you, but you might take it a different way. So we'll anyways, the biggest news in basketball today is, uh, you know, on a serious note, is the Robert Sarver deal, the saga going on in Phoenix. Um, the NBA released a statement yesterday after a 10-month investigation, Drew. So this isn't like some uh, background check when you're trying to find another job and they call a former employer <laughs> to ask how you act or like, were you late to work? This isn't some like investigation where they went and spent you know, half a day interviewing other employees or previous employees or current employees. This was a legit 10 month investigation, right? Done by an investigation firm of Watcho Lipton, Rosen and Katz. Uh, 10 months, they interviewed over 320 people, current employees, former employees, 80,000 documents, wow. right? Emails, text messages, videos. And then they released their report yesterday, which was uh, 36 pages, 10,000 words. I didn't, I wasn't able to read the whole thing, but I got the gist of it. And in my personal opinion, and I think with a lot of other people's opinions, I think this was a fumble on the NBA's part. Okay. All right. Well, I cause really... hold on. You want to, you want to announce what the, what the actual pe- penalties it, were? Yeah. Well here, let, here, let's just do, let me, let me tell you what the NBA released uh, as of yesterday. As stated in the report, Mr. S- Mr. Sarver engaged in conduct that clearly violated common workplace standards as reflected in the team and league rules and policies. This conduct included the use of racially insensitive language, unequal treatment of female employees, sex-related statements, and conduct and harsh treatment of employees that, on occasion, constituted bullying. Okay? Now, in, in simple, simple terms, there were five occasions that they could come up with where Robert Sarver used the N-word, okay? Yes. That alone, to me, is enough, okay? That is five times too many. I think the distinction said, there, there, Clips, though, is that it was while recounting the statements of others. And I, I think that's a huge distinction for Robert Sarver. It shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things. We know this. We know it doesn't matter that he was quoting somebody else. I don't care. But I do think that that actually, like legally, I think somehow that provided some protection there. Keep going. That's fine. And then uh, it was there was obvious beratement of uh, pregnant women in the workplace, how they're not going to be able to perform their job once the kids come. There was uh, uh, an instance where he uh, referred to his large penis, right, to a female, female employee. Mm. Um, he constantly bullied people within the workplace often. And look, again, they went back 18 years. Okay. These people did their due diligence. I just feel 
that in the climate, in any climate, again, five times using the N-word, I don't care how you used it, is right. five times too many. I it's agree. too many in today's society. It's too many in your friend chats, in groups, and it's by far too many in an NBA workplace. It, it, it should not be tolerated. Yeah. Now, the difference between Sterling and this guy, first of all, Robert Sarver owned up to it, okay? Owned up. Said, yes, I did say these things. And then he put it in context, like you just said, when I was uh, re-saying uh, what somebody else had said, okay, fine. There's other ways you can re-say those things without saying said things, correct? Right, correct. Um, he did own up to it. And I think, you know, everybody wants to to compare this to what happened to Donald Sterling. Now, the thing with Donald Sterling is it was on, you actually heard him say these things. It was a tape recorded yep. thing, right? And I'm pretty sure that the NBA and fans and the owners wanted Donald Sterling out of there anyways. They wanted him out of there for a very, very long time. Yeah. And so this was just a catalyst to getting him out. Um, I just felt that one year suspension and a $10 million fine wasn't enough in my personal opinion. Now mm. he often went in to say, he also went in to say that he employs 55% of his employees are a minority. And I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know if he's talking in the offices. I don't know if he's talking about concession stands or whatnot, mm. but even the stuff that said to female employees and pregnant women, I just don't think there's a place for it, Drew. I yeah. don't think there's a place for it. And I thought the NBA, especially because we've been, they've been very proactive and very good at handling these kind of situations that I thought this was kind of a slap on the wrist. What do you think? Well, they, so I, I, I can understand that point of view uh, when, when in, when differentiating between the two uh, instances with Sarver and with Sterling, right? Now, the thing that the NBA did is they, that's the largest fine that they're allowed to, to dole out 10 million. That's the cap. It's not like there was any more for them to go. Um, but it, I mean, if, so if you want to call that a slap on the wrist, then, then maybe we need to look at what the NBA powers uh, at, are currently in order to, to dole out, disciplinary actions like this i think maybe that that would require the nba to take another look at you know should we increase the fine i mean i think i don't know when the last time that particular dollar amount was um negotiated but 10 million dollars for a billionaire in that sense seems light right but 10 million dollars to any other per even you know 10 million dollars to a guy who's got 100 million dollars that hurts right so i still think it's a pretty decent Result. I mean, the, the, you know, Robert Sarver is suspended for an entire season, fined ten million dollars. I think I think that's a pretty good uh, adjudication of, of of you know clearly this is wrong. You cannot do this, and I think they've been telling him for eighteen years. It's not like years. a three strike policy, though. I don't think that the, I don't think this is going to be a three strike thing. I think if he, I think what the NBA has done is they've they've leveraged everything that they can in their disciplinary action. So now, if it does happen, or if there's a repeat offense. They can go the, the only logical step beyond what we just did is removal. Right. And they don't want to set a precedent for removal. That's why it was still debated. Even when Sterling, when that whole thing went down with Sterling, there was still a debate as to like what, you know, what sort of course of action, what rights does the NBA have to remove someone from ownership? Uh, and honestly, the same in the same sense clips, while, while we can call the Sterling removal from the nba more harsh he still got paid two billion dollars a billion so i don't know wife got half what's that wife got half but he bought the no team right but, the, but, the, yes. but they sold the franchise for two billion dollars yes. it's not like they just told him to walk away or whatever and 
So I just, I don't know how much of a punishment that was, to be honest with you. But look, the bottom line here is I agree with you. I think there, there are grounds within this report for, for removal. And what I do think potentially this could lead to a sale here. I don't know how much Sarver, we, this is something we've, we've discussed and has been discussed about this owner for a very long time. I don't know my, how much he actually enjoys owning an NBA team. I don't know how much he enjoys it. Like he doesn't want to spend the money. He's, he kind of has haphazardly fallen into a very good team this, this last couple seasons after the Chris Paul trade. And even before that, they got lucky with Devin Booker. Uh, and then, you know, they, they couldn't even make the Booker thing work out. They got eight number one overall pick. They get Chris Paul in a trade. Now, all of a sudden, they're a championship contender. I don't even know if the guy cares enough. And, and potentially, he, this could expedite a sale for him. I don't know. We'll find out. But I think the NBA has done, uh, has gone to, the, to the, the, the maximum limit of disciplinary action without removing him. I, well, it's all there written. In right. 36 pages on a report, it's been documented. I think this is a real slippery slope, man. I do. And I also feel, uh, this is conspiracy clips coming up with this, is, I, you know, NBA owners, it's a good old boys crew, right? Mm-hmm. It's all part of this crew. I definitely do not think that Sarver and Sterling are the only two people that have mm-hmm. been put in these situations. And I think this is a Pandora's box that people do not want opened, and the NBA does not want opened either. If we deep dove into every single NBA owners, even this is happening in the NFL, at least the NBA is kind of being transparent with reports and uh, updates and all this. The NFL is not even they, – they don't want anybody to know what's going on with some of those owners who have been kind of in the same situation as this. I think that opening up this box might be a detriment to the NBA as a whole. So maybe this slap on the wrist is kind of like, you know, putting a Band-Aid on it so nothing else comes out. I just think everything is written there. Is It's shown. Like he said these things. He did these things. And a lot of these happened in 2004, 18 years ago. And a lot of these employees don't work there anymore. Um, so I just think that. If you let this by, you let, you let this go, then this is just going to happen again and again. And what do the women think about this as well? And mm. what, like, just what does this mean? I personally feel that there shouldn't be a three-strike law. If this happened, which it obviously did, there should be more punishment for this guy. Uh, right, and, and I so- think that's the point that I'm making is that they they don't have. That's it. They they maxed out what they can what they can do other than removing him as owner and forcing him into a sale. And I don't know, like, this is where the legal terminology, I think, uh, uh, really comes into play here. Because I don't know if they have enough, like, in a, in a court case, for instance, to force Sarver out. As I think owner. they do. Regardless of whether or not we think they do, the NBA viewed it as that this is not what they wanted to do moving forward. And so to me, because of that, my guess is they they probably either there was two things they either said okay this is it like this is this is your last chance mm-hmm. not a three strikes thing but this is there this, it's this and then that's and then you're done right so if, if after this punishment any of this behavior continues or there's reports or whatever i do think the next step is removal uh and then the second option is maybe they maybe they tried to like investigate what what would it look like t- forcing him out like what do they have a case that would stand and hold up. And my, my guess is that the reason that they didn't do it is because they don't, I don't think they, they think that they have enough evidence because I don't know how much of that is hearsay. I don't know how much of that is written word. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like in a court of law, something that happened 
16 years ago that was not recorded on audio or video, I think it's, it's pretty tremendously hard to prove. Um, but neither in either case, I think what this opens is, is uh, it opens a conversation for the NBA and the owners and everybody involved in the league to look at the disciplinary actions that they have and, and increase those, right? 10 million, maybe that needs to be higher. I mean, maybe that needs to be 20, maybe that needs to be 50. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's just another option, another, another way for them to look at what they can do, because I don't think any league wants to force an owner out period. Right. Nobody wants that, but sometimes it calls for it. And so I am with you. I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily know why the NBA viewed what Sterling did as different than what Sarver has done. I don't understand that, but they clearly have made it a distinction. I just think if you're going to try to put even the the littlest dent in this thing, look what's been happening over the past four or five. I mean, it's been going on for generations and hundreds right. of years, but look what's been going on over the past five to 10 years with racism in, in the workplace and whatnot, yeah. man. Like if we're going to put a dent in this, you have to be stern with it. And also like reading that report, they were talking about how the human resources of the Phoenix Suns and the Mercury weren't reporting any of the stuff that were being reported by mm -hmm by the workers right? right so why have an hr department which they've changed now now they have right. a new hr person and who's going to be reporting this stuff and also drew i don't like when when it happened with sterling it was something so kind of new that this person got put on blast this owner who's been notoriously racist who's been in right. lawsuits for being racist it was on the players it was on and even steph curry came out that playoff series where the clippers you know boycotted threw their threw their 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 jerseys down in the middle of the court steph curry came out and said i wish i would have boycotted that game looking back at it they wanted they all wanted to boycott i don't think that this should be on the players right now i don't think it should be on chris paul and monty williams and devin booker to call for some drastic action this should have been handled by the nba uh, in a stern way to show the players that we are not putting up with this anymore, especially when it's the African-Americans in NBA basketball that are generating billions and billions of dollars. So right. when you just do something like this, which I don't think is enough, it's just kind of being like, oh, it's okay. Just don't do it again. And I'm not with that. Yeah, I, I, that makes a lot of sense. So I we'll think the, only, the last thing that I'll say is uh, in the Sterling instance, you just brought up something that makes – uh, this uh, shed some light on, on potentially their, the NBA's thoughts on this is like a lot of people knew that Sterling was racist. Yes. Before the video came out. Yes. A lot of people probably have heard him talk very negatively, derogatory, derogatively towards uh, minorities, women, what have you. It wasn't until he, they actually got him on tape mm -hmm. that they were able to force him out. And I think maybe that's like I said, maybe the I think proof that you're talking about. That might be just that it could be that black and white, uh, you know, uh, that's a terrible way to say it, but it could be that 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 kind of tight knit that would force them to not be able to to remove them. You're right. Uh, you're definitely right. Either way, uh, the it's the hammers come down on Sarver. He's not allowed at any games, any functions for the Mercury or the Suns. Um, I don't know who's going to be taking his place. I don't know if. Uh, Monty Williams or Chris Paul or any of these guys are going to come out and say anything because it's probably going to be a question that might be asked throughout the season. Yep. I was having a discussion today with one of our friends where I, I feel that Monty or Chris need to come out and make one statement regarding all of this and then shut it down. 
right? Because I don't think it should be a distraction throughout the rest of the year. Come out yeah. with the statement, how you feel, how you, you know, how this made you feel and what you're going to do moving forward and end it at that. Uh, whether, and though the media will probably be probably continue to ask this question moving forward on the NBA, I would yeah. give one and then call it a wrap. I would Russell Westbrook, the whole thing, give <laughs> one answer. And then that's what's up. Right. So, uh, other than that, we're going to take a trip around the NBA drill, and then we're going to get into our spicy takes. A few things happened this week um, that caught my eye, caught our eye, and I kind of want to get your take on it, and let's discuss this, all right? So our boy, Carl Anthony Towns, who yeah. is uh, just always keeping us entertained for most of the time the wrong reasons, but he comes out with these comments this week. I posted it on our Instagram page how he was talking about the talent level that the, the the Timberwolves have right now. And he's not lying about that. But then he goes a step further and says, you know, Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive players that the NBA's have ever seen. I have no doubt in that. And then he goes to say, and I quote, I'm one of the best offensive players and talents the NBA has ever seen. <laughs> and if we're going to give LeBron some, some hate sometimes when he says how good he is and how he's the king, sometimes we got to check these guys too. I'm all for confidence, Drew. I am 100% for confidence, but then there's sometimes where guys like this come out and say this, we, we got it. We got to talk about it, man. Do I think Carl Anthony towns is talented? 100%. Do I think mm -hmm. he's the best big, big man shooter of all time? I don't. Um, and do I think he's one of the best talents the NBA has ever seen? No, I don't. Does he think he is? Okay. <laughs> do Minnesota Timberwolves fam think he is probably, um, is Rudy Gobert one of the best defensive talents ever? hundred percent. I'm with you mm -hmm. on that. What do you think about Kat's comments? <laughs> well, so Carl Anthony Towns, uh, for his career, has averaged 23 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. That's nice. Last year was 24.6, 9.8 rebounds, and 3.6 assists. All NBA. Very good numbers. Mm -hmm. Very, very good numbers. But, uh, yeah, he falls a tidbit short of the – one of the greatest talents that we have ever seen. Right. But, but, you know, he's very good, man. I yes. mean, and, and I, I go back and forth as to whether or not he's the best, you know, big man, three point shooter. And I think that really hedges on where you, where you personally, each one of the people that are making this decision in their own heads, where do you put Dirk Nowitzki? Do you That's consider, what I'm saying. Do, do you, per, well, no, but do you, do you, do you think of Dirk as a big man? Because he's a seven footer, but he played power forward the most of his career. And like, he's not better than Dirk. No, but I would say he's probably second. And he's a he's a great shooter. I just so I you know look. Um, I don't really have a problem with Cat gassing himself up and gassing up this team and his teammate Rudy Gobert. Uh, but I think there's a chance that Anthony Edwards, his own teammate, is more talented and more special than he is himself. So I think it's a funny, it's a funny comment, right? We all kind of chuckle because I, you know, he certainly is one of the better big men in the league, but he's not better than Embiid and he's not better than Jokic. No. And uh, I don't, I, I actually, this kind of ties into one of my spicy takes. So I, I'll, I'll end it here. Okay. But let's go back to what was quoted as saying he's yes. He, he made the comments earlier in the year about being the best big man shooter of all time, but this specific comment says, I'm one of the best offensive players in talents the NBA has ever seen. Right. That's the quote. And that's and false. Me, that is 100% <laughs> false. You are not freaking Hakeem Olajuwon. You are not Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, You're not one of the best talents I've ever seen. You are very talented in a very, very talented NBA. Very good. But And I'm all for it. Okay, be cocky. 
right. Some of these things are going to come back and bite you in the ass. And if you're one of the best talents the NBA has ever seen, why can't you get out of the first round? Well, yep. that's, that's just, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Yep. Um, another thing that happened this week, we got our boy Steph is about to become a billion dollar baby. And this is not even shocking to me because this was written in, in stone as soon as he took that UA deal and got a percentage of the company, but Steph's going to be a billionaire. Uh, a lifetime, it's a, what is a lifetime endorsement from UA. I know he has stake in the company, stock in the company, whatever you want to call it. Um, this isn't shocking to me. Is it to you? No, this is, this is actually following, I think pretty closely in line with the Nike deal for LeBron, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing. And, and I mean, shit, dude, Under Armour is looking around right now and they're going, fuck, the only other guy we got is Tom Brady and he's. 45. He is 45 <laughs> years old. So the clock is certainly ticking on that individual and how much length they can get out of him and selling whatever the fuck he's selling on their side of things. Uh, and so unquestionably, Stephen Curry is the number one athlete. I mean, Tom Brady's number two. Uh, you can call him 1A, 1B, but you know, if, <laughs> certainly moving forward, Steph Curry is the number one athlete that Under Armour can hang their hat on. And this makes the most sense for both of them. I mean, losing Steph would be a tremendous blow to that brand. And I think rightly so Steph has certainly pushed their basketball side of things way further than I thought they would be. Cause he really is the only other guy. I mean, I, they have small, smaller, you know, sponsorship deals with other NBA players, but he's the one with the signature shoes He's the one that that is is driving kids to buy, you know, to make their parents buy them these Steph Curry shoes on Christmas or their birthdays and what have you. They develop a whole line, his, you know, his SC30 brand with them. I, all of it makes the most sense. And I, I don't think they could have picked a better guy to do a legacy deal with. And billion, you know, billion sounds huge. It sounds like astronomical. Uh, but over the course of a lifetime, man, he's going to sell them a little bit more than a billion dollars worth of stuff. I totally agree. I, I also feel that like lifetime deals are important, especially with a player like Steph Curry. Cause I also see like Steph Curry golf yes. you know, moving forward in post retirement. Oh yes. And in UA, it's not like, okay. I, it's not like Puma. All right. I've never owned a pair of Pumas. I've never worn Puma basketball shoes, even though they they've rebranded and everything starting to look for the look at the mm -hmm. up and up and looking better. Yeah. Under Armour makes really great products. I have a pair of Steph's that I really like. I like to play basketball in them. I like to, you know, I like to work out in them. I like the shoes. The brand is good, but I also yeah. think moving forward for Steph, I think golf is going to, which is, you know, humongous in the U S if he might come out with his own line of comfortable golf leisure wear. Right. And yes. I could totally see that and see it working for him. So when I, when I saw Steph was going to be, you know, potentially a deal worth a billion, it's not shocking. And just like LeBron's not shocking right. at all. If it was Carl Anthony Towns making a deal with Puma for a billion dollars, I would be fucking shocked. I'm not shocked right now at that. So big up to Steph and the billion dollar baby. Um, some other news came out, Drew, th that might affect you. And maybe we mm. might read into it a little bit too much, but it looks like Russ is selling his, his, his small, Los Angeles condo for $30 million. Yep. Um, or he's listing it right now. Now we, people could take this two different ways. Oh, he's listing it because he's going to be, he's out of here. He's planning on getting out of town and getting traded, or he's just going to buy another crib in LA. The guy's right. from LA. 
right? Yep. And he's, he maybe he found something. I think LeBron's owned like five different houses in LA. Since LeBron has two houses right next to each other in, in Brentwood. Right. Okay. So maybe Russ is planning on buying another big house. But when you first read this, were you thinking, oh shit, Russ is probably out of here. He may know something that I don't know. Or is it, eh, it's probably just going to upgrade a little bit. The first thing that I thought of was, if you recall, those, I mean, this, this might not be something that caught the radar of non-Laker fans. Anthony Davis put his house up for sale last year, right? Right, in the big, right, like right around this time. That shit's still on the market, by the way. I think you can still buy Anthony Davis's crib out. I think his was out in Westlake, mm-hmm. um, out near near Thousand Oaks and Calabasas and that, that area. This means jack shit. I think if this was 1985, I would be like, oh fuck, w- w- Westbrook's leaving. Mm-hmm. But it ain't 1985 anymore, man. These guys, they have so much goddamn money. Russ probably outgrew the house. He probably wants a nicer, bigger house. Uh, when I what I do what I do know <laughs> uh, is uh, this is a bad time for for anyone to be putting their house on the market, especially for thirty uh, mil. Granted, yeah, but granted, when it, when you're dealing with those types of numbers, the market's always whatever. You know, the market is a different market than when me and Casey over here trying to buy a, a house and <laughs> our little starter home. Um, but you know. I don't know necessarily anyone that's going to be buying that house needs to take out a mortgage, but mortgage rates are at 6%. So it's not the best time to be selling your house. Your initial thought, I think is the one that's the, the probably the truest. He's probably buying a bigger house. He probably buys a house somewhere else in Los Angeles. Maybe he wants to go to the beach. Maybe he wants to be up in the Hills. Who gives who, who knows? Who gives a shit, but it doesn't mean that he's out as a Laker as much as I wanted to, as much as I wanted to mean, like I wanted to read closer and be like, he's selling his house because They're anticipating a buyout. No, that was not in there. That was not in the on the bottom line. There was no trade talks. It's just news for the sake of news. And someone's going to end up with a really nice house. Most of the time, these guys, because they have the most expensive cribs, they end up selling to other players anyways. Yeah. Like it's another player that's going to come because there's not too many people. There's like less than 0.05 percent well, la's got a lot of la's got a lot of people that could afford it but yeah, yeah. That's, but most of the time it's other athletes that'll probably pick it up so yeah. I, i'm not reading into it too much i know no. it's media cycle people like people love it when players put houses you know up for grabs yeah it, it doesn't mean much to me right now i don't think russ is going anywhere and that we might get in that we might talk about that in spicy takes. Well, and here's the other thing too is like i think russ has had this house even since he was on oklahoma Oh, he's just so over. This was, I think this was his LA house for a minute. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't have to worry about, you know, the Oklahoma house or Houston or Washington. And there he's probably like, man, I want a new house. I want to, I, I need a new house. Maybe he's trying to, now the, the spicy take would be like, Russell is, uh, has been seen looking at LeBron's second house near his first house. So they will be neighbors. <laughs> that would be the spicy take, but we're well, not. Yeah. Going or yeah. The best news ever would be like Russ sells, Los Angeles home and is seen walking the streets of Oklahoma, <laughs> picking out a plot of land for him to build a compound. Uh, don't read in too much for uh, too much to a Laker nation. Um, all right, let's get into some, let's get into to some preseason calls, Drew. This could be fun. Yeah. Um, we have a couple categories and we're just going to make our picks. They could be spicy, but if they're spicy, Drew have some validity behind it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to do like the most popular categories right now. Okay. I want to do MVP, most improved player, six-man rookie of the year, breakout year, which I think is important, uh, champs, and that's what I'm going to leave it at right now, unless okay. you have another category. And, and, and just so I can, I can make sure that I'm hitting the right spots here, these are not necessarily who we think will be these. These are just our, our, our deep 
like our sleepers for these, or do you want me to name the guys that I actually think will win these awards? I want you to name the guys. Okay. I mean, if, if I'm going spicy on this though, okay, I'm I, a little bit actually. Okay. So I kind of want to start. Let's start with MVP. Who is going to be your MVP moving forward? Now you can be like the normal guy and be Giannis, Luca, Joker if you want to, or yep. you can give me a Drew spicy take. Well, I mean, those three guys that you just brought up are the ones that immediately come to my head for MVP. Mm-hmm. If Luca maintains the shape that he's in, it'll probably be him. Mm-hmm. If not, it'll be Giannis. Um, I don't think Jokic will get three in a row because he keeps getting heat. Each one he wins, he keeps like people keep putting him down. Uh, and we haven't, I don't think we've seen a three time MVP in a long time. I think Mike, I think Mike might be the last one three times in a row. Could be. I don't think Shaq won it three times in a, in a row. Anyway. It's been a while since we've seen uh, three times in a row. It's usually two times, and then we have, all right, we need something new. We need a new story. So for that reason, I'm going to say it's either Giannis or Luca. I'm going to go with Luca because that, I suppose, between those three is the spiciest of the three. Anyone outside of this list mm-hmm. of those three guys, other than like Embiid, is a very spicy take. So I would love to hear who you got. Oh, I'm, I'm so spicy on this. And again, I think the NBA wants to see – everybody wants Luca to win one. I think he was yeah. preseason MVP last year. Last uh, three from, years. Yeah. <laughs> or last, from, last two years, yeah. Right. And from everything we've seen in the summer games, I mean, the guy the guy looks phenomenal. Giannis looks phenomenal. Uh, they were they were knocked out today, right? They yeah, he got out. ejected. Giannis got ejected from the game and Greece lost. <laughs> That's right. They sure did. Um, I think if you ask anybody, 90% of the people are going to say one of those three guys. I do not think the NBA wants to see a three-time MVP. I don't think they want to see a big man do it. I think they want Luca to, to get it this year. So if I was a betting man, I'd say Luca. But I'm going spicy, Drew. Mm-hmm. I'm going spicy, and I'm going to go back to two podcasts ago. If it wasn't the last podcast, it was the podcast prior. That my spicy take for MVP this year is the same guy that was locked in the gym all summer with nappy hair and a sorry ass beard. I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram is going to be in the discussion (laughs) for MVP. The reason being is I think the Pelicans are going to be nice this year. He's going to be the best player on this team. They got a taste of the playoffs last season. Um, They got Herb Jones. They got Zion. They got, um, they got uh, Dyson Daniels, their new guy, Devontae Graham they got. And I think Brandon Ingram is going to be the best player on this team, and they're going to shock some people. He might not win the MVP, but he will be in consideration. I think they'll be at some point this year, they're going to be like, wow, Brandon Ingram might be competing, <laughs> might be in the conversation so for MVP. I think, I think what you're saying is it's like a similar arc to what happened to DeMar DeRozan last year. Yes. Right? Pelicans yes. start hot. People are like, oh, my God, look at Ingram. What is he doing? He's winning these games. He's averaging whatever points. That I could definitely see that happening more than Brandon Ingram actually. You never know. The MVP. But you do. You, you never know. You never know. It's true. I, I worry about him getting overshadowed by Zion being back on the court. And I worry about CJ taking away uh, shot attempts and points. But I'm with you that the Pelicans are going to be good. Yeah, I'm with that. So yeah, that's a spicy take. MVP it might be might be pulling in a little bit, but I I got you faith. Should, in you should throw like a dollar on that or ten dollars on that because the return. I mean, his odds have to be through the roof. You could make a, a very nice return on a little bit of a little bit of change. You could also rip ten dollars up right now on the show, and it would p- probably be the same result. But well, you never know. I've also put my money where my mouth is as far as Top Shot goes. There so, you go. I, this past week, I'll, I'll, I'll just let you guys know. I know this isn't Top Shot conversation but i'm still going strong with top shot we got season four series four starting 
They announced uh, the Run It Back series, which is going to start season four. They're going back to 86, 87. Oh, I love it. It's going to be Larry's debut. Oh. There's going to be Isaiah Thomas, Dominique Wilkins, so many other people. Um, But I'll I'll let you guys know who I doubled down on this week. I finally finally got my Series 1 Zion rookie, Series 1. This is a big deal, man. I went all in on the Zion rookie. I went all in on a Trey Young Series 1. Oh. Mint to 1500. It's a sick ass move that he did the fake around fake around the back, took it to the rack. It was so mm. sick. Um, and then doubled down on some more Lucas. I bought a lot of Giannis's, but the Zion pickup this week was huge. Um, so that's who I'm, that's kind of my gamble. That's my, my bet for who's going to have a really good this year, this year. I think Trey still a little underrated offensively because I think yeah. he's so small, but what this guy does is, is, is crazy. And I, th- if him and if him and Collins, uh, and and Dejounte right. can get yeah. some kind of vibe going. They might be really scary. All right, most improved player. Can I just start it? I'll start most improved. Do it. Yeah, let's go. So obviously, it was a top top toss up between most improved and six man of the year because the Clippers we pr- we don't produce championships, but we produce <laughs> six men of the year. But <laughs> for most improved player, I'm going with my boy John Wall. I, okay, I, I'm really excited for. Well, I, I'm go- I'm really excited for John. Um, and everything that I've been reading and seeing and, and listening to the players talk, John looks ready. John is ready to play. I think he's going to be starting for us this year. So I don't think he's going to fall into that six of the six man of the year category. But I think because uh, people have forgot how good John Wall. Do you know John Wall leads the NBA uh, in point guard blocks? Leads leads the NBA all time. All time. Yeah. Okay. And if we, I just think we're going to see big things from Wall. If he could just stay on the floor. Um, People are going to be reminded why this guy was a five-time all-star and why this guy was an elite point guard for so long. He hasn't been mm-hmm. hasn't been removed for that long. And from no. what I saw at Rico and what the guys are talking about, John's ready to play. I think he's going to be the most improved player this year. That's interesting. I think the only problem that I see with that pick is that he has been an all-star. Mm-hmm. And I think it's weird. It would be a weird thing for him to be – like on the back end of his career. Jaw won it as an all-star. No, Jaw, but Jaw won it in his third year in the league, Clips. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. because John Wall was an all-star 10 years ago. That'll make it tough. even better. It, but I, I, I get your point, but you mm-hmm. can just hear me out. Okay. Because of that, it's going to be a pretty tall task for him to be the most improved when we've already seen him at his best, if that makes sense, right? Like we didn't see Jaw at his best until last year, which is why he won the award. We didn't see Brandon Ingram at his best until the year that he won that award, right? So I just think I like the pick. I think six man is probably more dialed in for John Wall. The, the, the only thing about that is that he might start too many games to qualify for six man, which is cool too. But I like the pick. I love I love that you're in on John Wall. I'm, I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton. Very easy. That's the one. I think he's going to be – he's the third-year player. That's what they like to do as third-year guys – I think he's going to have a shit team in, in Indiana. I don't think they're going to be very good. Do you good. really think so, though? Talk about that because yeah. I had this discussion today. If Miles and Buddy don't get dealt right. this season, I think they have a solid team. Yeah, I would say the same thing about the last four years. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a solid team. Like, Miles has been on that team. Buddy's only he's a new addition. Tyrese is a new addition. They got some good rookies in there. Duarte is a sophomore and Matherin, my guy. Uh, but they lost Malcolm Brogdon. My guess is they will lose Buddy Heald and and uh, mm. uh, what's Miles what's Turner. his name? Miles Turner. I think mm. they'll lose Heald and Miles Turner, um, and they won't be very good. 
And I think that's kind of their goal. Honestly, it feels weird to say that, but it doesn't, doesn't feel like they're ultimately like super worried about this season. Right. And that's, that would be the reason that you keep healed and you keep Turner and you go, okay, let's like, let's really let's gun for it. Let's see if we can make, you know, one of the top still 10 seeds and not get blown out because the last couple of years they've been blown out in mm. the play-in games and that's not good. So I do think they're going to not be very good this year. <laughs> that's my guess. I think they're still young and if they could figure yeah. it out, they'd be a really good team. I just don't. Oh, I, sure. It can click. It mm-hmm. can totally click. And, and that's the big hinge though, is what you, what you brought up. Like, do they keep healed and Turner? They'll have a shot if they keep those guys and they, and they believe and Carlisle isn't just like draining the shit out of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they'll, then they'll do it. But you know, if, if, if those two guys are gone, there's no, they have no chance. And Miles Turner needs to stay on the floor and be healthy. Again, just like every other NBA team, there's always a player that just needs to stay healthy. Um, okay, so I like that Halliburton because we both like Halliburton. He deserves. Yeah, I think it's just that I think it's like the right. It's the right. Spot the math him, works. Right? The math works. Yes, the math exactly. Okay. It works. My math doesn't work for mine, but <laughs> your math works for yours. But what is spicy takes without spicy takes? All right, six man of the year. Do you want to go first? No, go ahead. Bones. I got my guy Bones oh. with an honorable mention. With an honorable mention, I got Bones Highland winning sixth man of the year this year. Um, th- and this was a toss-up for me. It was a toss-up between Bones and Anthony Simons in Portland. But we saw what Anthony can do at the end of last year with garbage time, right? I think there's going to be – he's going to start this year too. He, we're we're going to – I don't think so. I don't, don't think, think that's so? going to – I don't. But mm. he might, and that's why it kind of – I know Bones is going to be coming off the bench, so for yeah. sure he's going to be sixth man. That's kind of why I went with um, – I went with Bones, but I love this dude's game. I love his enthusiasm. I think Denver loves him a lot, and yeah. he's key for them coming off of the bench. So I got Bones winning sixth man of the year. Who you got? Well, this is all dependent upon whether or not the Miami Heat decide to put Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. If they don't, he'll win it again. Uh, he's, he gets too many chances. He's too big of an offensive cog. He get, he's averaging 20 points. Nobody coming off the bench is, is going to have those types of numbers. So if Tyler mm-hmm. Hero's on the bench – he will win six men of the year again. If not, my spicy version of this. Ooh, yes, finally. Dante DiVincenzo for the Warriors. Oh, here we go. The reason being is that right now, he really needs to bring it for that second unit. Yes, sir. Um, and, and, you know, while he won't have to play a lot of minutes in a given game, he will need to be relied upon very consistently for both offensive production and defensive production. And the Warriors system lends itself to having that happen. He can play alongside Steph. He can come and spell Steph and run the point. That's just a spicy take. No, I like that. I really like that. I don't know if he's going to, do you think he's going to get like mad minutes? You think he's going to get like 20, 25 a game? I do. I mean, if you look at their backcourt, I think he's, he's clearly the first guard off the bench. Um, And I think, you know, in a given game, he should get around, I would say 18 to 25 Mm -hmm. minutes a game, somewhere in there. Uh, It really depends on uh, Clay and Steph and all that stuff. But, I, he'll definitely be playing very regularly. Dante is definitely a spicy take, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that one, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, rookie of the year. Well, this one's only spicy takes because I, you know, Chet's gone, yeah. and I'm not taking. I'm, I mean, as much as it, as easy as it would be uh, to take Paolo, mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably if you're betting on this, you should you should be betting on Paolo. Agreed. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to take Jaden Ivey. You know me, Drew. You know me so well. Uh huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I um 
Yeah, man. I the more I think about it, the more I keep coming back to Matherin mm. um, as an outsider. I, I really like him. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes mm-hmm. in Indiana. Um, and yeah, I honestly, Clips. I I I think Jaden Ivy is is a really great. It's a great call for Rookie of the Year. I just think he's going to have so much uh, room to run and grow with Cade and that whole unit. Very minimal expectations. The kids should be playing 30 minutes a game. Like he's going to get his shots. I, you know, it's hard to pick against that. But, but truthfully, I think we both know Paolo's probably going to win the damn thing. Well, Paolo should after everything that we saw and he's just physically yeah. ready for it. I have a quick funny story. You know, I do my beach walk every morning. I do my, my four miles on the beach mm-hmm. in San Clemente. And uh, there's one stretch of beach where like, it's really hard to pass people that are walking in front of you, like slow walkers. Yeah. It's really hard, right? <laughs> I know that part. You know that I got, you know, and I'm listening to shows, I'm listening <laughs> to music and I just, there was an old guy in front of me and I wanted to pass him. And I just, I didn't have the, t- I didn't have the room to do it. And so finally I put on the burners and passed him. And when I passed him, I said, Oh, excuse me, sir. And I turned around and I like, gave him the peace sign. The guy, the old guy was wearing a, uh, uh, a polo shirt with a Pistons logo on it. Right. Oh. So this is funny. So I take out the ear, I take out the earpiece and I said, Hey, you a Pistons guy. And he's like, yeah. And, I, and so I slowed down me and this guy talked Pistons basketball drew for two Bob, Bob is his name. We talked for two and a no half, way. two and a half miles, man. I'm like, hey, bro, <laughs> let me tell you something. I told him, I said, we have a podcast. I talk basketball. This is what I do. And I want to say I am all in on Jaden Ivey. And I said, if Jaden Ivey does not pan out, I'm going to look like the biggest POS <laughs> around, Bob. So trust me, you've got a friend in me in clips who is betting all hey, his chips. I love that, dude. I, it's the best when you can talk old heads. I bet I, I bet he'd love talking with you about that, man. He, uh, you know. Dude, two and a half miles. And then the following day on my walk, I saw him walking with his wife. And it was just a quick, what's up, Bob? He's like, what's up, Clips? And then he <laughs> threw the peace sign and he was ghost. But it's one of those conversations that that just sparked up a two and a half mile walk yeah. about him growing up in Detroit, the teams, awesome. talking about Chauncey and Rip. And then I, I went into my rant about Jaden Ivey crying like all that stuff and yeah it was fun to talk to him about for it. sure uh, before we move to the next one mm. uh murray keegan murray murray mm. at uh, sacramento Sacktown. same same thing for him he'll he'll be up there um i think he'll surprise people with how good he is he'll get 30 minutes a game be, yes and, mm. and because he's he is older and he's he's ready you know mm. like paolo's obviously ready but like keegan will surprise people with how we and my hope is Oh, I'll leave it. I got I have. I got a spicy take for the Kings. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Breakout year. This is a. This is kind of a different. I don't mm. know if you had time to decide on this, but a breakout year. Somebody that's actually going to get on the map this year and be like, God damn, that kid's really good, or that kid's going places. Um, and one guy stuck out in my mind, and um, I'm kind of putting a lot of chips on him and this team. Drew. I mean, we we were just talking about Paolo, but I got I got Cole Anthony. Breakout Ooh. year this year. I do, man. I do. Um, been watching him all summer in the workouts and stuff. And his, his game is really nice. I know it's going to be difficult on a team full of guards. There's a, they're very guard heavy in Orlando, yeah. but Cole is nice, man. Like it might just forget, erase from your memory, men in black, your memory of the dunk contest and whatnot. Let's talk about like his skill set and what he brings to the table. I like his game a lot. I think this is the year that Cole Anthony is going to wow a couple people, people. I like that. I think, I, I think the kid is, um, he's an overachiever, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just think, you know, given his stature, he shouldn't be able to do what he does in the NBA. He's very talented. 
I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that for sure. A breakout season for him. I'm, I'm, I've been drinking a little bit of the Euro basket Kool-Aid clips. As you should. And uh, this is not going to be a surprise pick. I don't think to you, Lori Markinen. Lori went, went hard the other night. My God. Uh-huh. He looks like a goddamn gazelle out there he does. in the Euro basket. I don't know what it is about the, the team that he plays for in Finland, but I don't see a lot of that marketing in the NBA. Haven't, haven't the had hell? the pleasure of seeing that level of marketing in the NBA, but he's going to the jazz clips. Mm-hmm. It's might as well be the finished team that he's playing with. They're probably better. They might even be better. The finished team than, than the Utah jazz is going to be this year. Let the kid go, let him mm-hmm. go release the reins, throw lobs, let him run around like a freaking gazelle that he is. Laurie Markin, and finally, he's going to play more than 60 games, God. and he will be a breakout this year. I love it. I love that call. And you've been high on Lowry since he got picked, right? But Well, he, he's been Arizona, hurt. U of A. He's a U of A product. I absolutely loved the kid when he came in there. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was watching – it, it was. I was watching the Finnish Greek freak. I was watching Giannis. It's right. that's what that's what we had. Except he can shoot. Right. He was like a Giannis Dirk collegiate uh, combination. And then it's just he really has not done very well in the NBA. Injuries have been plaguing him, and I'm hoping this year he gets it right. His body. He looks. He looks in great shape he right does. now. He does. And so I just hope he can stay healthy. And he dropped, I think if he does, he'll he should average close to 20 points a game this year. He dropped 42 in the game the other night, and you're yeah. right, Drew. Like sometimes he's like in he, 10 dunks in that game. I mean, it's something weird when they're playing with their country and playing FIBA basketball, mm-hmm. how they're just so much better. I remember it was Scola a lot, right? Like Scola yeah. was a fucking animal yeah. overseas and he was a good NBA player. And I brought him up a lot. He was, there's one of like three guys that gave Blake Griffin a really hard time. Scola was one of them. <laughs> Younger Marcus Gasol was one of them. And Zebo was one of them, but Scola, right. Is one of those guys. And then you watch him play with his boys, with his homies, his brothers yeah. that he's been playing with forever. And it's like, God, dude, this well, guy is freaking MJ. Yeah. That was like the Argentinian Harlem Globetrotters. They were they so had. like that, that, that Argentina years the, with Manu and, and Scola, no Cioni, no everyone's behind the back. Everyone, right. you know, it's moving around doing the, like the Samba. That's I think it's Brazilian, but you know what I'm getting at? Like they, they, they were nice to watch though, during that, during that generation. I think with, especially, like you just said, right situation in Utah. Laurie's going to get a lot of burn, a lot of minutes. They're going to need buckets from somewhere. And I think, you know, I think Sexton and him are going to be the guys that are leading like yeah. points on that. And this, squad. I mean, it, it does really kind of hedge on, on, on Bogdanovich leaving mm-hmm. this, my, my you kind of <laughs> bet on marketing mm-hmm. to be a breakout guy. Like I think if Bogdanovich stays there, he'll take most of the shots and the minutes away from Lowry. They can play together because mm-hmm. Lowry's like legit six eleven. Uh, But you know, I think if, if Bogdanovich goes, then that really frees up Markinen to just, you know, take take 25 shots a game. I want to I want to see him take 25. <laughs> Let shots it fly. Let, Let it go. It fly. Yes. Um, all right. Champs, Drew, who is your preseason call for winning the championship this year? Who do you got? Pretty. Yeah. I mean, everybody that ever listens to our show knows who I have, but we might, we might as well just go with who you. I clips. I, I'll be honest with you. I think this this year, I really do like the Clippers as a Ooh. as a pick for the championship. But Ooh. so pragmatic me says it's Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Pragmatic me says they're gonna they're uh, Middleton will avoid that critical injury. Giannis will still keep doing Giannis things. Drew Holiday, like the defense, they've got the core. That pretty much everyone's back again. Like. I just I think they're gonna they're gonna do it. So like the safe pick is the Milwaukee Bucks, I think, in my eyes. 
And the Clippers are a really good pick. And I think they're actually pretty safe too. Like, you know, that's a pretty safe bet that if those guys, that's the problem is health. But if those guys stay healthy, you would imagine, I don't see, I, I don't see a world in which they're healthy and they don't make it to the Western conference finals. They're still hating on us though, Drew. Yeah. They're still hating on us. The power rankings came out, had the Clippers at like six, right? Whatever. And that's fine. It is. Let them hate again. Exactly. I'm all. I'm all for letting all the other teams take the the narrative. Let them talk yes. about Brooklyn, Lakers, everybody else. Let us just play our game. I, I'm going to stick by my words, by my guns. I'm going to stick by them the whole year. The Clippers are winning the championship this year. This is my fucking year. Yeah. I don't mean to drop the f bomb like that, but we are winning the title this year. I love okay? it. I don't care I if Jaden Ivey doesn't win rookie of the year. I don't care if Brandon Ingram doesn't win MVP. The Clippers <laughs> are winning the title this year. Okay. That's just what it is going oh, off of man. that. I love going it. off of that. Who do you think the scariest team is in the NBA? Scariest being like, Oh shit, those guys might be really nasty. And the only team that scares me, Brooklyn doesn't scare me. Mm. Lakers don't scare me. Uh, Milwaukee does scare me a little bit, but not as much as this team. If healthy, and this Let me team, guess. go for it. Denver. Denver Nuggets, 100% are scary. Um, they're all – Jamal Murray's coming back. Saw yep. him in workouts a couple weeks ago. Looks like he's ready to go. Michael Porter Jr. looks like he's ready to go. I mean, again, yep. another team that's just been hit with the with the health bug over the past couple years. But these guys fully healthy, they, they scare me. They yep. scare me. Fully healthy Clipper team fully healthy Denver team. I still think we can take them, but the, the, we match up on every level minus Jokic, right? Like we just, it, mm-hmm. he's, he's just one person that like every other team in the NBA, but, but we can't stop that guy. Yeah. Um, they scare me right now. What, who do you think? So the dark horse picks is really what we're going for here. I think the, the favorites, as we mentioned, are the bucks. I think the um, uh, Boston Celtics uh, warriors, uh, Suns, Clippers, I would say those are probably the top five as far as teams that I think are are truly competing for a championship this year. You could probably throw in Miami. No Dallas with Luka and Christian Wood. That and... was the team that I was going to say. Oh, okay, if, there is, if there's an outsider's shot at a team, you know, really forcing their way, there's two that I had. Dallas Mavericks with the new look, right? They got Christian Wood popping in there. They re-signed Kleba to a nice deal. Timmy Hardaway's back. And I think, you know, right, exactly. And he was injured all last year mm-hmm. uh, or off and on anyway. And so I think Dallas, if especially if Luca's in that MVP type form that we think he might be in, that, that they're going to be a juggernaut and they're going to be tough to beat. And the other dark horse clips is Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the reason is it's, it, we all saw it. We saw what happened when, when it was clicking and they were able to avoid injuries for the first half of the season. They were beating teams left and right. I mean, they were on a winning streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it all came crumbling down towards the end. Levine goes down. Mark, you know. Uh, Caruso. Um, uh, Caruso. Yeah, Lonzo. Caruso. And what's his face? The, Lonzo. Uh, Lon- well, Lonzo for sure. And mm-hmm. then and they started the year with what's his face breaking his wrist. Uh, um, Florida State cat. Damn it. Oh, Patrick Williams. Williams. Again. That was like in the very beginning of the year. So like, mm-hmm. you know, as good as they were last year, I think there's a chance. Like, again, these, these are the dark horses we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that they could shock some teams because they're pretty complete if, if they're healthy. They're a pretty complete team. And I think the same of Dallas. But I mean, that's what I just gave like seven teams there. So I, I think I'm covered. <laughs> well, uh, the savvy pickups of Drummond and Dragic for Chicago, yep. too. Those are two 
good insurance policies. Drogic is a guy I take on my team any day. Drummond will give you, even though he thinks he, he'll at the end of the day, be the greatest rebounder of all time, which, <laughs> and, and people got weird with me about that. They're like, well, you don't think Wilt's the greatest rebounder. I said, that's not the point. Wilt has the most rebounds in NBA history and Andre Drummond is 15,000 away from them. I don't see him beating that. So yeah. um, anyways, I think the addition of Dr- Drummond and Dragic is a really big pickups. And if Patrick Williams can come back and DeMar has a similar year and Zach, I think it's time for Zach to take that step as well. Like we know he's an elite player. We know he's an elite athlete. Now, where are you going to be on the leadership uh tower of this Lonzo's a great ball distributor great on the defensive end can these guys stay healthy and and make a run at it because in the east I think it's open I think they can man yes. yeah it'll be close and dude I mean let's just say it the Cavs the Cavs yeah. have an outsider's goddamn chance they have they, a, they have an outsider's chance mm-hmm. I think I like their team like I think I would I would be more willing to bet on the Cavs winning a championship than 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 the Brooklyn Nets or the or the Heat or maybe not the Heat, but the Brooklyn Nets or like the Sixers. I think I, I think I would wager for the Cavs in those if I was given those three chances. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good call. I'm excited. And forgot here's a little plug for NBA League Pass. League Pass dropped a hundred bucks this year, guys. Ooh, it's hundred and thirty dollars. You can get League Pass for hundred and thirty. I think it's like fifteen a month. You get every one of these games. These are teams that I want to watch often. It's not last year was Charlotte. This year for me is going to be Cleveland's one of them. Uh, uh, Dallas, of course, um, Chicago is going to be one of them. We want to see Brooklyn, but league pass, it's a hundred dollars off cop mm. it, get it. Uh, it's an easy purchase for me. Here's a question for you before we get into our final spicy takes. Yeah. Out of these teams, <clears throat> Utah Spurs, OKC or Sacramento, who is going to have the worst record in the tank for Wimbo? sweepstakes and mind you there's one team that i did not put in there out of those four i put utah spurs okc and sacramento there's one team i'm missing right drew houston definitely missing houston you want to know why you think they're going to make the playoffs no i just think they are gonna i think they're gonna have a much better season than they did last year okay they were 20 i think they were 20 in, in 62 last year i had them preseason last year winning 25 games yeah i thought i thought you know they were going to be able to do that i think i think they're going to kiss 30 this year i think they're going to kiss 30 i like it jalen green's been working on his game a lot a photo came out today of him and jabari uh smith working out and let me tell you dude Jalen Green looks like he's been on that Kawhi weightlifting diet. Uh-oh. This dude is jacked. Drew. I love it. That's what he needed to do. Yes. And yeah. he looks jacked. I'm going to send you the picture as soon as okay. this shit's done. And it's not Photoshopped. He's not going to get steroid tested tomorrow. But I, 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 and I told you how much I like Sangoon a lot. I yeah. think he's going to have one of those. He was on the board for a breakout season for him, even in the second year. But he was working out with Akeem. I think, especially the addition of Jabari, I think Houston's going to be better. Um, than the teams I just mentioned. But who do you think out of those four who are in the tank for Wimbo uh, sweepstakes are going to be able to pull off the NBA's worst record? So from those four, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma City. You think? That's my bet because I think that's the direction and I would include Houston in this as well Mm -hmm. because I think they want to. Not because of the talent or the lack of of leadership or whatever reason, like they don't have it. I think the organizations want a, a swing at at when benyama and so for that reason i think orlando is also in the mix uh but i you know popovich does not do well 
in a tanking scenario. Right. He doesn't. Um, and so for that reason, I think the Spurs, <laughs> I just don't, I don't think they're going to have the worst record. I don't think they do. I think, I think of those lists that you gave me, Utah will definitely be down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I think the teams that, that in my mind that have the, the best chances, Utah, Houston, OKC, Orlando, those are, and it's like, I'm just, re- we're repeating the last top three from this last draft, but I think all four of those teams don't want to win yet. I don't think they want to win yet. I think they want to still keep everything low, at least for one more year for this guy, and then maybe turn it on. Well, OKC has to at some point. Yep. Uh, this, this was going to be their year to turn it on. They're not going to be able to do that right. this year. I just think when you mentioned these four teams, San Antonio has no talent, whatever, on their team. Anyway. But they still have Popovich, who was going to make them yeah. play hard, and that's, I think that's half the battle of losing the games. It's like... It, you need those guys to give up in the fourth quarter. And Pop is really good at motivating them to not give up in the fourth quarter. I, I just think I think San Antonio is the one that's tanking. I think I think it's them. Um, or I think they're going to have the worst record out of all of them. And I could be completely wrong. It could be Houston. But I just right. see them kissing 30 wins this year. I think the only way that I think that that works is if Popovich retires all of a sudden or if he's if he's like literally just hands off this year. He goes, this let is a Becky, let Becky run the show. Yeah, no, she's gone. She's on the oh, WNBA that's now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I think they're going to let you know, Timmy or uh, any Tim. I mean, I say Timmy, Tim Duncan mm-hmm. uh, or whoever the fuck wants to like whoever the next guy up is on the list. I think there's a real shot that pop just goes, all right, if this is if we're really going to do this, I'll I'll be at the games. But there's somebody else, somebody else is going to have to do this because I'm not I'm not involved. I don't want to be involved in this. There's something really poetic with. San Antonio getting the number one pick and getting Wimbenyama, getting Wimbo, and then being able to have Tim Duncan work with this kid. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he can come into an organization, and even if he went to Houston and you can get Akeem to work with you a little yep. bit, I think Timmy would be a better fit for him. But there's something about that that I like. I like Wimbo in San Antonio. See, I think I think the funny part is Clips. I don't think this kid's going to touch the paint. I don't think Wembo's yeah, going to touch might the not. paint. He might not. <laughs> I, think, I think he's going to operate a lot like KD uh, does. Yeah, he might. God, that guy. I, shit, man. Just watching his games is so weird. So weird. This is where we're going in the NBA, y'all. Seven six swingmen, bro. Like, and I is- said this eclipse. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the the show and myself once again. I said this. I think this might be be season one. I said eventually, eventually, the NBA is going to have to increase the size of the court and raise the rims because everyone on the goddamn court in the NBA is gonna be six nine or above. Everybody. And we're going to have seven, four, seven, five, seven, six guys regularly running around out there. The NBA will eventually need to you can't make raise that the change. Rim. They'll never raise the rim. You can't raise the rim. Kids got an eight foot wingspan. Doesn't clips. matter. Not everybody does, though. But I'm telling you, there will be a day in which most people are six, nine or above and have above a seven foot wingspan. And they're going to be like, this is not the game <laughs> anymore. This is not challenging. I just I think, think we're going to reach that that period in time where they're going to have to widen and lengthen the court and raise the rims. I think that comes way before raising the rim, way before widening the court, the court, the court movement first. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. One hundred percent. They need to, that corner three needs to be backed up. You have yeah. to back that shit up. You bring you bring up a good point of having dudes that are seven six and whatnot. But what about the guys that have size eighteen shoes? Exactly. Like, yeah. and, and there's six, four dudes that have 16, 17, <laughs> well, that's Donovan 18. Mitchell, right? Donovan's right. got like size 15 or 16 shoes. Right. That's big. It's hard to fit on that corner three, dude. So I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. That needs to happen. I think that will happen at some point. Okay. Final spicy takes, Drew. I know you got a couple. 
Give me your spiciest. Give me, give me, give me. Do you have an habanero? Do you have a ghost pepper or no? I'll I'll preface this by I think most of the people that listen to this show uh, would not regard me as a hot take kind of a guy. I'm more thoughtful. I'm more pragmatic. Um, so this was an exercise in futility for me, Clips. I Ooh. kept coming up with, you know, I just Are you kept saying racking. I'm a spicy taker. No, Take I think taker? you're. I think you're probably going to be better at this than I am. But it's oh. okay. I'm. I'm still going to read my. I, I still got five. I got five for everybody. Uh, Give and me I'll three start, of yours because I only got two. Two habaneros. Okay. Well, I'll start. I'll start with one that I touched on the, at the end of last podcast. Okay. And and you and I will let the audience and and you clips be a judge as to whether or not this actually qualifies as spicy. What where where are we on the Scoville level here? <laughs> okay. I'm a huge Hot Ones fan. This is certainly you know it's it, it's on there, but it might be it might just be Cholula. This might be nothing. Okay. So I think Luka Doncic is a better basketball player than LeBron James. Is that a spicy take? I don't know. I said at the last I said at the end of the last podcast, but I think that could be a pretty spicy take, and I'm going to stick with it. I, I don't think it's Cholula, okay. and I don't I don't think you're wrong. Okay. Um, I don't think you're wrong. It's kind of like when people say, and that's why I wanted it. We were going to have Jordan Lolly on the show this week, and we're going to have him on shortly. But that the, one of the questions I wanted to ask him was what what constitutes the most skilled athlete in basketball, right? Like I don't know. I don't understand what that means. I don't understand what like does that mean? He's the best dribbler, best finisher, like best shooter. Like I don't understand what that means. Mm. When you say better basketball player, like, yeah, I think he, when it comes down to brass tacks on is okay. How about this? I'd rather you put it Luca right now at 22 is definitely better than LeBron was at 22. Well, that's without question. Without question. Yes. Now are you saying Luca right now is better than LeBron James was ever in his prime? No. I'm saying right now, today, oh, Luca is a better basketball player than LeBron James. I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's true. So the argument really falls on the defensive end, right? Like that's where if people want to say that I'm wrong, mm-hmm. it's on the defensive end. And I'll just say that that I concede that point. I concede it. You okay. have it. Okay, and I, I think still, it's fair. And I still think he's better. <laughs> um all right. And so I'll give you two, right? Because you you only have two clips. I only got two left. All right. So I'll give you one more, then we'll go to you. Uh, this, uh, uh, which one do I want to go with? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with this one. I think this is a good one. We touched on it already. The Pelicans will make the top six seeds in the West and will not have to be in the play in spot seven through 10. The Pelicans will make the top six seeds and the Lakers and the tip and the Timberwolves will not make the top six seeds. Ooh. I don't know if that's spicy. It no. feels spicy. It feels pretty spicy. But well, hold on, hold on. Maybe sriracha. It's a, maybe it's a, yeah, yeah. We had like a nice, uh, like a, a little building up to the it's heat. The green sriracha. It's the green sriracha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's. I think that's a good one, though. Well, I think you and me both are putting a lot of stock into the Pelicans this year. We really. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what what it is. I think it's the return of Zion. I think seeing them again in the play-in last year, the heart. They are extremely well coached with Willie Green. Um, we believe in Brandon Ingram. I think. We're like foaming at the mouth to see what CJ Zion and and Brandon can do together. So I love I actually love the take. I love yeah. that take, Drew. I'm I-, I go with you on that one. So yeah, it's Pelicans for top six. Mm-hmm. Means they don't have to do the plan, and it means that the Lakers and T Wolves will be seven through fifteen, somewhere somewhere below the top six. And I think that's I think that 
probably seems kind of realistic as, yeah. as gassed up as Carl Anthony Towns is to play with Gobert. <laughs> I don't know if they got enough gas to get him to the top six. Well, I think it would have been, I think going back a couple, I think the spiciest take for MVP, one of the guys we didn't mention was Anthony Edwards, right? Like yeah. we're going to, this is another one of the guys that's been in the gym all summer. I, I, I want to know where his head is at more. Like, do you want to win an NBA championship or are you just going to, you know, base everything off your athleticism and whatnot. He's also one for most improved. He's also on, he would be on the list for most improved. Mathematically it works, yep. right? Yep, totally. it does. Works with the formula. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So you want me to give you one? Yeah, please. All right. I only have two like abaneros. And maybe this one isn't an abanero to the okay. people listening. I feel that Russell Westbrook and James Harden in this season, in this revenge season that they're going to have, both of them, I think it's going to be an epic season for both of them. I think wow. Russell West, I do, man. I really do. Um, first, I'll start with James Harden. Seen him in the gym all summer, all summer working out, working that lower body, working the hamstring, getting stronger, getting skinnier, taking the pay cut, the, you know, the, the soft pay cut to get a better team around him, acknowledging that he wants to win a championship in Philly. I think he's ready um, to put some differences aside and maybe sacrifice some things. Um, for the betterment of the yeah, team. Really, all they needed to do was he doesn't need to sacrifice. He needs to fucking shoot more. That was <laughs> that's not a sacrifice. He needs to shoot more. This is where the, more points. This is where the spicy take <laughs> takes full spice. Is I think James Harden's gonna make an all NBA team this year. I love I, it. I, I, I would he, love to see that. I would love to see that. I think there's also a chance he leads the league in assists. I think I think he he could do all those things. I would I desperately want to see it. I like James Harden. He's an LA kid. Uh I just, you know. I, I would love to see him on the comeback trail. I would also love to see Russell Westbrook. So please, please, add, you know, let, let me into what your thoughts are. Here. I j- look, man, I think the more that we've talked about it and the more um, the more shit I've seen the Lakers pull on this guy, uh, the hate from the from the fans about how horrible he was this year. And he didn't play well. The numbers were that he showed up every night. The numbers were there. Um, our friend in our group chat brought it up. Uh, Commissioner Matt brought it up in one of our group chats where it's like, why is Russell Westbrook the only one at these press conferences? Why was he the only one that was there when Darvin Ham came in? Why was he the only one there when, when Patrick Beverly on media day, when everybody wants mm. to talk about the hatred that's going on between these two, which it is there. And whether, whether the love, whether what Patrick is telling us, and I told you it's all, it's a lot of WWF with, with Patrick smoke and mirrors, like how things are going and how things are going on the outer instead of, on the inner, you know, mm. in the locker room and whatnot. I think that if there's anybody in the NBA that plays out of hatred, like Michael used to play and Kobe used to play, um, I think what Russell has that. And I feel like if I'm feeling the disrespect for, for Russell Westbrook, he's got to be feeling it <laughs> a million times more. Yeah. And I think our, our issue with Russell was the humbleness, not wanting to come off the bench, not wanting to, you know, do certain things for the betterment of the team. I think no, and I'm not even saying it's on the Lakers, whatever team Russell ends up on this year, whether it is the Lakers or Indiana or Utah or Sacramento or wherever the hell he ends up going, I think he's going to have a crazy NBA season. And we're going to, we're going to kind of bite our tongue on some of the, the hateful things that we had mentioned about how bad he like, look, I'll even call out Bill Simmons on this. Bill Simmons said, well, if he gets cut by the Lakers, his, his, his career's over. 
he's not going to play anywhere else. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I think that's blasphemous. I think oh, that I think is, there's a real chance that that's correct. That, that's fine. That that's fine if you want to think that. Yeah. But to say that there's not a place for Russell Westbrook on any NBA team to play is ridiculous to me. And yeah. maybe it's just the fit. I think Russell's going to have a much better year this year. And if I was a Laker fan and I'm not, I want him. I would. I I think you guys should really consider keeping him. Uh, Cause I think he, I think he's going to have a really great season this year. Spicy. That is very spicy. And I think the way that this happens is it's, it's not in the Laker Jersey for, for Russ. If he does have this type of year, I do expect it to not be in the Laker Jersey. I think for, for the Lakers, we'd love for him to just be very, very comfortable. I I'll just speak for me as a Laker fan. I would love for him for him to be settling in at 12 to 14 points a game, 10 assists, seven to eight rebounds. I would I would absolutely love for those numbers to be what he what he searches out for. Um, and I just don't think he's he's we know he's not made like that. He wants to he wants to score as much as he can. He wants to get out and run. I just think for the Lakers to be successful, those numbers that I just laid out are are pretty key to us being successful. It means he's shooting less. It means he's distributing more. And it also means that he should be able to play alongside with LeBron and AD and get those guys their buckets. Uh, I do think there's a chance that it does happen if we make a trade for him or if he's bought out and he goes somewhere else. I think certainly there's a chance that he would be back up to his normal statistics and people would be like, oh, there's the rest that we all remember. Uh, and, you know, I, as I continue to think about it, I'm, I'm what I what my brain has gone through is like every exhausted every single option as to teams that would want Russell Westbrook. And I'm thinking maybe there's a trade to be done with the Kings or with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, but we'll leave that for another conversation. So my next hot take. Your final space, spicy take, Drew. I got your... I got three left. Oh, my God. You came. You really brought it. Give me all I, of yeah, them. Yeah, we got we this, this. I only did my first two there. So uh, the next one is the Kings will make the plan. Sacramento Kings will make the play-in tournament this year. I don't know if that's spicy. No, that's spicy. That's spicy. It feels kind of spicy. First, first, uh, first-year head coach there, Mark and Mike Brown. And not he's not a first-year head coach. It's his first year in Sacramento. Uh, they got a lot of moving pieces over there. They got to figure it out, but they got some bonus, and they got our guy, De'Aaron Fox, who may eventually realize his potential, and it could be this year. Um, but I think that's a relatively soft hot take so we can just leave that one okay. and i'll hit I you like with it. the next one the two of the biggest surprise teams last year the celtics and the grizzlies will take a step back this year not move forward not progress the celtics will not make it to the finals again the grizzlies will not make it that far again this year into the playoffs i think both of those organizations while very talented will not reach the same heights that they reached last year i think uh, the Grizzlies benefited from a very weird Western Conference last year, and I don't expect that to be the same this year. I think the Celtics also benefited from uh, some weird stuff that happened in the East. Uh, and I do think more importantly than that is I don't I, I hope I'm wrong uh, because I'm not just rooting for the Celtics to be bad because I'm a Lakers fan. But part of me thinks that all of the Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown discussion and Marcus Smart discussion may have an effect on the team, at least from the beginning. And, and what I keep remembering clips from last year, you, you were right there with me. The Celtics were not good mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season. Really, for the first half, they were, they were pretty bad. And they clicked and they found that form and they moved forward. But it's very easy for that to fall back into place 
and for them to you know get complacent, especially after a finals run, them they got pu- chest puffed out thinking that they're the shit. They go into these games unprepared, uh, you know, not trying very hard. I think there's a there's a real real chance that they slip down a little bit further and don't make it back. So yeah, I mean everything everything worked. Takes. No, I like that. I think everything worked in their favor with injuries too. Yeah. You know, if it was set up for them to win the title this year, they 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 had the route to get there. You know, we were talking about Chicago earlier. It'd be if Chicago's healthy, if Middleton plays, you know, if if Brooklyn figured it out and whatnot. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Now, I, I still think I still expect a great season from from Tatum, and it's a, a, unfortunate that Gallinari is going to be out because yeah. I thought he was. That was be, also a big problem. Yeah, yeah, big addition for them, and and they're kind of in line too to make one of these trades if possible to get another person in there, and Jalen might be part of it. I don't think they should break that up at all. And also going back to Memphis, um, they don't they don't scare me. I mean, Jaw does. I think losing DeAnthony Melton go to Philly is a big deal. Yeah, uh, I think Philly's going to be one of those teams where you know if 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 Harden is going to be. Harden, like I'm expecting him to be, and they could figure this, figure it all out. I think they're going to be really scary, but I think you were talking about puffing their chests out. Like Memphis is one of those guys, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think if anybody, if any, if anybody needs Carmelo Anthony, it's Memphis. I want Carmelo in Memphis to oh. be, I do. I want, I think they need a vet there. I well, think they, they got need, Danny green now. That's fine, but he's not mellow. And I, th- oh. I think, and I think it'd be a great situation. For I think Melody. that's a good call. I don't know if they can squeeze him in, I, but that makes sense. They, they were a little, they were a little soft on the uh, small forward power forward thing, which is why, which is why they made the trade for uh, Danny Green. I'm not even uh, saying that Melo needs to be playing a lot. I mean, yeah. having Melo in the bench and in the locker yeah. room and being able, to, you know, just to teach these young guys. I mean, Desmond Bain can benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Jaw can really learn how to be a leader through. Mello. I mean, Mello isn't notoriously known for being a great leader, but I think he's learned a lot in these past few years of going team to team to team, figuring out his role. But man, you even watch him in the Brickley workouts. The guy's footwork you can be oh, he yeah. can be teaching that forever, right? Yeah. That's like Akeem still teaches t- footwork at, at 55 years old. You know right. what I mean? Totally. So, anyways, I'm with you on that. I like it. Good call. Your last one. Give me your last one. So, clips, this is uh, what I'm gonna do here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this my final thought. Cool. Love it. Are we, are we at that section? No, I'm going to give you my, my final abonero. And this might, this might, uh, this might upset some people might upset you. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And also, you know, I said the word blasphemous before this is blasphemous. And being that I'm rewatching uh, every season of game of Thrones before the season starts, <laughs> because I'm high into uh, in, I'm heavy into house of dragons. Um, I'm rewatching all of Game of Thrones, and if love it, if if, we, if I was in Game of Thrones, Joffrey would have my head. I would be beheaded right now yes, for right. making this comment, and it pains me to make this this spicy take, Drew. But it's time, and I'm going to say it. LeBron James is going to have his worst statistical year this year, <laughs> and LeBron James will not play more than 52 games this year. We are going to see LeBron become mortal. We are going to see it. And it's wow. going to happen this year. Our boy Kenyon Martin made a great comment um, when he was talking about Shaq the other day, saying the only thing that 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 guarded Shaq was Father Time. And I think this is the season. I, I, I and guys, I'm a huge LeBron guy. I am Team LeBron. I am for LeBron. I still think he's the goat. We could debate that as long as you want. But I think this is the year that we see that LeBron's immortal. No more than 52 games. And he's going to have his worst statistical year. Kind of hope I'm wrong, but 
That's my call. Sorry, Laker fans. Yeah, that, I think that's a that's a pretty good call, honestly. But I what I will say is in in opposition to that, LeBron has he has altered his game over the years in a way to uh, lessen that fall. Right, that he's, he's because he's been able to become a better, more competent jump shooter, and because he's more selective about when he goes to the basket and how he goes to the basket. I think the real thing is injury, right? And that's where father time comes in. And I'll give you that, man. There's a really good chance that he does not play more than 52 games. I'm not. And there's also, I mean, there's a good chance that we rest him because because we're dog shit for some reason, right? Like, there's a good chance that we just like we're we're bad and <laughs> and and he he sits out some games. Um, but one thing I do know, LeBron is in the upper echelon for career points per game, above 27 for an entire career. I know he wants to hold on to that. 100%. So I do think push comes to shove, uh, injury will be how this goes down. If Look, man, if LeBron is not putting up those numbers, the Lakers are doing nothing, especially if you're losing, oh, yeah. if you lose Westbrook and whatnot, because AD is not going to be able to carry the team. It's just not going to work like that. So it's a spicy take. It's a take I didn't want to make, but I, it 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 happens. It has to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, maybe it's the comments that now he wants to play with Bryce. And it's like, Bryce isn't going to, might not make the NBA. And if he makes the NBA, that'll be in eight years. That'll make you 48 LeBron Ridiculous. or whatever. Okay. So I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I think this is the season where yeah. we, where we see like, holy shit, he's human being. Because um, we haven't in 20 years, man. And it has to happen at some point. It correct? does. It yeah. does have to happen. Give me your final thought, Drew. It's time. Okay. So this is nice because I think this this actually might be my spiciest take. And I like leaving this episode with my spiciest take as my final thought. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons will play at least 50 games together this season. Ooh. That is my spiciest take. And I think it's going to happen. I think what we, where we have left off with the Kevin Durant back and forth, the Kyrie Irving back and forth, God knows Ben Simmons is happy that no one's talking about him. I think they will have to mandate and regulate this very closely. But I think there's no reason why all three of those guys should not be able to play 50 games together in a season, regular season, this year. And I think they'll probably have some success if they do it. I don't necessarily think they'll be number one overall seed or anything crazy they like they're going to be. They could. They yeah. very well could be. And I, I still don't necessarily like them for winning a championship, even if that all happens, what I just said there. But it's my spiciest take, and I think it's going to happen. I love it. Because you know what? As much as people are shitting on Ben Simmons and Kyrie and KD, uh, seeing those three together, seeing it work would be special, man. It really would. And there's, I still have a little Ben Simmons stock. I really do. I got a little, I got a little bit, man. I want to see this guy play, especially play 50 games. So you think they're going to play 50 games together. And I don't think LeBron's going to be over 52. Yep. Damn. Those are like, those are two like polar opposite takes right there. Yeah. And let me, I'll take it a step further. If they play 50 games together, they should have a very solid record in those 50 games. We don't know how it'll work out for the remaining 32 injuries, obviously where are going to be the biggest component Mm -hmm. of to whether or not this will happen. Uh, But, you know, certainly there are going to be some nights where they can just roll two of them out there. Right. And, and if it's, you know, a back-to-back and Katie's knee is sore, 
put him on the shelf. We'll roll it that way. But if that happens, they should definitely be fighting for one of the top seeds, home court advantage, at least in the playoffs. And last year, we know what happened. They finished in the seventh seed. So this is, uh, this is I think it's, it's due time. It's either that or Steve Nash is going to get fired in the first well, couple months. I was going to say, Drew, it's either it's either that happens or it will be the biggest shit show in NBA history. <laughs> there, like the train wreck is real. It yeah. might be so bad. KD might get three games in with Ben Simmons and Kyrie and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm yeah, not. I'm out of here. I'm not playing, <laughs> Jeff. You know, uh, find me. Do whatever, bro. I'm not playing with these two. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, on paper, the the Nets look good. On paper, they should they should be yeah. good. They got so, TJ Warren. They got mm-hmm. Joe Harris coming back. They 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 look they look pretty good. Yes, yeah, I'm with it. Um, my final thought kind of has nothing to do with basketball, Drew. Oh, good. Yeah, I I'd like athletes to do something for me. I'd really like them to do something for me. And the one thing I'd like them to do is stop the boxing matches. Athletes <laughs> need to stop with these fucking boxing matches. Okay. You're not it's a boxing. cash grab. It's a I don't cash care. Grab. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I have seeing Nick young, seeing Nate Robinson, seeing Anthony, uh, uh, AP, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson, get knocked out. Le'Veon bell was the Le- guy who knocked him out. Okay. And yeah, that's, I wouldn't fight Le'Veon bell. I just don't understand is money that tight. Nick, I have fond memories of Nick Young. Okay, my he wasn't the greatest NBA basketball player at all. Okay, my fond memory very of entertaining him, though. He was, he was. <laughs> him and Gilbert just together are great, yeah. entertaining together. Yeah. I don't like my fond memories of Nick Young is the biggest comeback in playoff history until the Clippers did it again against Memphis, and Nick Young was a huge part of that. That's my memory of Nick Young. I don't want to see you in a dress fighting and getting knocked out of the 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 boxing ring. Boxing is literally the hardest sport to do. You can't just turn into a boxer. What we're seeing Jake Paul do is how you really become a boxer. Like this guy became a boxer. Yes, that's what he's a boxer now. Yeah, he is a legit boxer. This guy has put every ounce of energy and time into becoming a professional boxer. And and if you're going to box somebody, you better be fucking prepared, bro. Or you're gonna end up knocked out like Nate Robinson or outside of the ring like Nick Young. I just want them to stop doing this. I don't understand where where what this came to that now it's like, oh man, you want to stay relevant? Let's get into the boxing ring, right? Nobody cares. I don't care. And it actually, it, it it's embarrassing. It's kind of pathetic, in my opinion, yeah. kind of pathetic. I also think boxing is really, really hard to watch when they're not professional boxers. <laughs> right. It's bad. Right. It's not entertaining. Right. Unless you get that that one boom on the button, the way that Le'Veon Bell popped Adrian Peterson and just mm-hmm. was like, whoop, God, stuck him, right? Hit him right in, the, right in the nose. Outside of that exact moment, the rest of this shit is hard to watch, man. Like boxing itself, professional boxers, world championship type caliber boxers are also kind of boring. Even just that is kind of boring. But it's, when you take it down to an amateur level, I think the best version of this clips is, is what Barstool puts out. Mm -hmm. This is the way, this is the route you get people, you know, random people that are fired up to just go in the ring and swing their hearts out for 90 seconds Mm -hmm. and it's craziness and there's, there's no rhyme or reason, but it's entertaining because it's just, it's, it's a free for all. But when you get these guys that are like, trying to look like playing the role of a boxer, like an actor boxer. Mm -hmm. 
that shit does not come through that way, man. They're not that intense. They're not that wild and flying off the hinge to make me laugh or, you know, intrigued as to like what's going to happen. I did not pay any money to watch any of those no. guys fight on pay-per-view. However, I'm sure several people did, and they probably made a pretty penny. So for that reason, I get it, but I'm I'm out on it as well. I do not care if Adrian Peterson, uh, uh, you know, those types of guys are in the boxing ring. I now let me let me say this though, Clips. I think this is how I'll get you. Next year, Tom Brady boxes Aaron Rodgers. I will I would watch that. I would watch that. But but these are the caliber of athletes that it would take for me to tune into something like that. I would want like LeBron against like James Johnson, right? I want I want big names, right? Adrian Peterson, pretty big name. Le'Veon Bell used to be a very, very big name. It was at one point the best running back in the NFL. But I think there's just like there's a level to this stuff. And it is, it's sad and it's and it's embarrassing and boring when I when I do see the highlights. It's like, oh. This ain't, this is not, I don't know why people are paying this money for that. That's my whole point. Start a podcast, guys. <laughs> it's very easy for in new media now. Start a podcast. You can make money like that. It's just like, I, I there's this this part of me that's like, when this when the career's over, right? You made it, dude. Yeah. You made it. You got your bag. You got the, the kids. You got the wife. You got that. Dude, live your life. Yeah. Best, that, at least that's what I say. I okay. Here's, here's another way to do it. I brought up a guy, James Johnson. That would be a guy that I would feel okay with. He ends yes. retires and he goes, Oh, I'm going to be a fighter now. Why yeah. are we okay? Because he's had training his entire fucking life mm-hmm. and knows what it's like to, to fight. Mm-hmm. He knows what it's like to be in combat and, and, and knows the sport. So that's one guy. That's probably the, uh, the exception to the rule that we're trying to make here is if you did not grow up a boxer, if you, I mean, and I, I but what I want, what I don't want to do is limit these guys, tell them they can't do it. No, I'm fine but with if that. you're going to do it, like, go all in do the jake paul thing and become a boxer don't you just need go to... out there for one fight and look like a bunch of clowns yeah you don't become a boxer in two weeks bro right Never. yes <laughs> okay you don't become a boxer in two weeks now for right. basketball you can you can actually if you work hard enough for two weeks you can get a nice like a decent jump shot or something if you spend six hours a day shooting a basketball you can maybe become a better shooter you can spend yeah, a free throw shooter a free throw shooter. free throw i'm fine with that but like spending you need to spend a year doing this and get in prime elite shape to be doing something like this anyways it's embarrassing to me i don't like seeing it i just want the athletes to stop unless it's like you just said now lebron is way too smart to do anything like that he doesn't need to he's got a billion dollars he doesn't need to billion he doesn't need to fight anybody are you kidding no 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 he doesn't need to do that no he wouldn't so, even do the dunk contest because he's too too afraid to fail. Thank he's you. not stepping in the ring with anybody. Stepping in the <laughs> ring, getting knocked out by some no name, right? He just he hops in there. He hops hops in there against Faku Campazo, bro, and gets knocked out. There's no. Oh way my god, happening. that would be amazing. Uh hey, ten days till training camp, sixteen days till preseason. The season is among us, Drew. I appreciate your spicy takes. They were green spicy. I think mine were green spicy too. Nothing a little bit too. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, I think, I think the I, craziest one that I had was that this this thought that those three guys are going to play together. I think that's the, that's the that, one that's the most outlandish. For that is the minutes. spiciest the one. Yeah, make sure to to mark this on our on our log to go back to. Okay, Drew, because again, if uh, if Jaden Ivy has a horrible year, I'm fucked. <laughs> it's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know-